But I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer real quick. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for today, Lord. And I just ask that your presence would just fill this room, Father God. That you would be seen and glorified through these ladies that are going to share, Father. For what you're doing in their lives, Father. And what you're blessing us with through their lives, Father God. And encouraging us, Father, just to seek you even more, Lord. Through their example, Father God. Just be with them. Calm their nerves. Just let your spirit flow through them. And just minister to each of us here today. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce our first lady that's just going to talk to us just for a few minutes. But her name is Angie Merchant. Um, Some of you know her already. And if you haven't, you'll get a chance to meet her in a minute. But... um, I was honored, actually, when Carla asked me if I would introduce her, because she is one of my closest friends, and uh, I've been able just to watch her over the last few years. In 2017, she was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. She went through chemo, radiation. We thought we were doing good, and then in uh, February of this past year, she uh, found out that it had metastasized to different parts of her body, not just in one area, but uh, different areas as well. But um, the thing that I want to say about Angie, though, just real quick, just being able to watch her and walk alongside of her and um, see her journey through this is last night I just kept thinking, you know, what exemplifies what I've seen? And um, I know that just walking with her just normally just her life just she's always loved the Lord always had a heart for the Lord but um just seeing the grace in her life just deepen and a a true more understanding of the grace of God and through that grace the thing that I've seen the most is a an example of someone who is beautifully surrendered to the Lord and, um, and when I say that, what I mean is to watch her and see what she's gone through and going through and to see her surrender her, her thoughts about it, her feelings, her emotions, her family, and, you know, the thoughts of a future possibly that may not be there. But then to have that hope as well that God is, you know, can heal her through anything. But um, just watching her in that day in, day in and day out, I can honestly say... I have never seen her complain. And that's a miracle. You know, as close as we are, I'd be one of those people that she could share with. But always looking by the grace of God to him to be her joy. And to always look. She's always looking at and always, if you follow her on Facebook and you need to after this, to go and see. Always talking about the goodness of God. And she's surrendered to that. You know, to knowing that no matter what she's going through, that his goodness is always there and he loves her. And so just watching and watching her more just of that deeper walk with the Lord. Sometimes we think, you know, sanctification, we're going to go through a certain area of our lives and then it's going to be done and it's over. But I think so many times what the Lord's doing is he's bringing us through different situations so we're be, we become deeper it's a deeper walk with the Lord and I've just watched her walk so closely with the Lord and uh, that dependency on him and that trust in him and by the grace of God just surrendering to what he has for her in her life and it's been such an example to me I know she's watched people here in our church go through this before and she would probably say she's gleaned from them so much but to know that it's all about Jesus And that's what she believes. It's real to her. And to know each and every day she gets up and his mercies are new every day for her life. And that's one of the things, too, with her family. You know, she has two young, uh, not young anymore, the 30s, late 20s, you know, um, a son and a daughter. And to know that, you know, to enjoy every moment. I think sometimes we put off and we think, oh, I'll have time for that. I'll have, but just that realization that we're not promised tomorrow. And she's just grabbed hold of that. I haven't seen somebody in a long time just enjoy every moment that they have. And then to surrender that to the Lord and let her kids, her daughter's about to move, came back for a little season and was so blessed to have her, but now about to move and being able to give that to the Lord and not selfishly 
hold on to that, you know, for her, because she may not be here much longer. But we're believing God to heal her, but just surrendering, you know, to that and watching her daughter go. And that's just the grace of God, y'all. And um, so I want to, Paul talks about, follow me as I follow the Lord. And this is somebody, as she walks with the Lord and you read her post and you just see, I want to follow what God's given her. That grace in her life just to be able to beautifully, beautifully surrender to the Lord in all areas of her life. So here she is, Angie Merchant. I think everything I share today, I really, and I know I have to keep it short because Shannon is the, the real star today. <laughs> but um, uh, just everything that Jane said that I've experienced, I, I really want so much for everyone to think that's Jesus, not that's Angie, you know, because in me there's nothing. I'm so weak. Um, uh, I'm very human. <laughs> um, and if it wasn't for the Lord in my life, and um, yeah, I, I think I would be in a completely different place. And uh, um, yes, it was a shock to get a diagnosis of cancer in a routine mammogram, like Jane said, in 2017, and then going through all the treatment and surgery and all that, and then um, going along just fine, and uh, and then I fractured a rib unexpectedly, and they found the cancer in the bones. So, um, but God had really has really prepared me in so many ways, which is so wonderful. Because when I got diagnosed in 2017, I'd watched many people in our church going through some really tough things, you know, and I watched them, and 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 it, I got the realization that you know. God's not selective. You know, all these, all the strength and grace he's giving them, that's for me too, you know. And um, just when I was diagnosed with cancer in 2017, I hung on to that. And, you know, and I, I would ask all of you, because we never know what our lives are going to be, you know, um, God does, we don't, is just really, really be aware of the wonderful things he's doing in other people's lives. And really be tuned into what he's doing in our life, you know, our own lives. Um, really uh, being sure to thank him and, and praise him. And, and that was another thing that I just um, really helped me so much was, um, I remember Lee saying once years ago, if you can't say anything, if you're just in such a place where you have no words, just start praising the Lord. And that really, really <laughs> makes a huge difference. It's just amazing. There's been... Many times, I don't want to make it sound like I just kind of like, oh, you know, la-di-da went along and everything was fine. But there were many times where, um, especially when I got the diagnosis of the bone mets, and I thought, oh, <laughs> you know, I thought, thought it was doing okay. Um, but immediately, the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, I'm here, I'm here, you know, and he's been so faithful to me. I mean, all I had to do any time in my life that something started to, to be negative or um, could bring about anxiety or depression, um, he didn't allow me to dwell there. He wanted me to move towards him. He said, you know, and, and that's, I think we have a choice, you know, when something happens to us, we have a choice to say, Am I going to dwell on it? Am I going to, you know, create, uh, cause um, the anxiety to grow in me? Or am I going to turn to this ever-loving, ever-faithful God that we have? And he's just proven his faithfulness over and over and over again. And it's so perfect. You know, we think we can be faithful to something. Um, we can't. You know, we, we're always messing up, even though we have best intentions. But God is perfection in everything. Um, I know when... After I was diagnosed, and I, I then got a pathological fracture in my hip, and I had surgery, and um, there were many times that I thought, "Oh, you know, I just I'm so tired of surgery, and I, you know, I want to, I just want to walk properly and not feel pain." And 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 I was reminded so um, gracefully that God knew, Jesus knows what that feels like. He knows pain, He knows suffering, and mine is so tiny compared to His, but He. He knows um, what I'm going through and what that feels like, and and I really learned to well, I'm learning <laughs> to not let the emotion of the moment overcome me, and you know the the feeling of maybe a little despair or 
oh no, you know, what does this mean for my future? And he's really shown me that as long as I will walk with him, stay with him, um, in the moment, he just carries me, he encourages me, he doesn't let me dwell, you know, and um, it's just it's just a wonderful thing about the Lord, and he's he prepared me in so many ways for the things that have happened. Um, and there's times where I think when I found out then after my hip surgery, when I was healing, I was back at work, and um, I got the latest scan reports, I think three months later, and it showed the bone mats had spread. So now it was in my skull, my ribs, my spine, my pelvis, my femur <laughs> on both sides. And then, you know, and when, I, when you're reading that, you're thinking, ooh, that's a lot of my body, you know. Um, and I, I did have a moment of despair where I, I could feel it coming in me like, oh, no, you know, this isn't good. And I left the office where I was working, and I went out into the hallway where there was a big bank of windows looking out. Not a fantastic view, but I saw some blue sky, you know, and, and I looked up and I said, Lord, I just feel so weak right now. I just need you so much. And it was immediate. It was immediate. It was just this sense of peace that came over me. And I said, okay, you're still here. You're with me. You know, your faithfulness doesn't change, so I should never question that. And he gave me this peace that, the peace that passes understanding, you know, because in the in the face of something that, looked so bad where does where do you get peace you know i mean nothing that we have would give it to us it would you know it has to be the lord um and i i'm just so thankful they were you know there was a scripture that um we all know so well but you know how scripture is we read it one time and it it's a good scripture and then another time we read it and we're like wow (laughs) i really love that scripture (laughs) um and of course that is and it was interesting Whoops, um, because, uh, um, oh goodness, yesterday, who preached? Last night? Brother oh, Brother Curtis. He, his, I think his first reference was to Isaiah 43, and that's, Isaiah is a book that I really, really love. And Isaiah, Isaiah 43, too, says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. And I think that that scripture means so much to me now because it's it's so true. I mean, he's just proven it to me over and over again. And nothing has to consume me. Nothing has to overwhelm me. He takes it. He deals with it. It's his. It's not mine. And um, he gives me tremendous peace. Um, and it, it and I think it's so important for us to really prepare our hearts for what life brings us and you know and like I said earlier to look to each other and the testimonies of each other's lives you know and um, some tremendous things that I've witnessed in other people's lives and I hang on to that and it really helped grow my faith and I realize now that so much more strongly that faith is not a feeling you know God is who he is all the time doesn't matter what I feel like you know and he's um, and, and that's such a calming thought <laughs> um, it's just it's just amazing and I, I want to thank everybody I don't know if my 10 minutes must be up I didn't put a timer on but I want to thank everybody um, that has prayed so faithfully for me and I can't tell you how much that means um, just knowing I'm so not alone because I see so many people that are alone in their suffering and um, it just is such a blessing to me and in a way God has really used you to continue to strengthen me in this journey um, and you know I'm actually excited about I'm it's probably sounds really odd but I'm excited about what's ahead you know I, I don't know what it is but I know it's going to be good because it's going to be the Lord and it's um, going to be precious and I, I, but I do thank you for your love and support can't thank you enough and how the Lord's using all of you in my life too so, just want to. Thank you, Miss Angie. That was beautiful. I want to share a song with you today that um, is really special to me. Um, my dad didn't write this song, but he put the arrangement to a hymn. And um, it's just been something that's really special. We've sung it a lot as a family growing up. And then with his 
chronic diagnosis of Parkinson's in the last several years, this song has just meant so much more. It talks about the grace that God gives, and as the hardships in our life increase, so does God's grace for every moment that we need Him. And I know we can see that in Angie, we can see that in Shannon as she's about to share. And uh, something that I thought was really cool when uh, Miss Sylvia and some of the women's team was putting together this day for all of you, um, she had the song on her heart and asked me about it and then sent it to Shannon. And it ended up being a song that she's been reading over and over as she's been in this journey. And I just think that was so beautiful and so sweet of the Lord. And um, anyway, I'm going to try to sing it without crying. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful truth from the Lord that as we suffer, as we watch others suffer, the grace that God gives just grows. And it's more and more for everything that we need. today. Um, most of y'all know her here, and if you don't, I'm sure you know her by her name. Um, Shannon Cannon, she's going to be speaking today. She's also my mom, if you don't know that as well. Um, I'm not going to really say much of what she's going to talk about, because I know she'll say everything that I would say, but um, through this season that we've walked in this year, we've the Lord just really worked it out where we've been kind of joined at the hip and been able to do everything together, so I know that this is going to be just really a blessing to y'all, and I'm excited for y'all to hear this. Um, but I was just thinking before I came up about how I think it was the day before she got diagnosed, which she'll talk about. Um, she taught a ladies' Bible study. Maybe it was the day after. And I remember in that, she talked about trusting the Lord through this and not knowing where it's going to go, but she's going to be faithful to trust the Lord. And I think it's cool how, you know, six months later, she's now teaching on the same thing. And so will y'all help me just introduce her and welcome her here today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um and I do 
I just want to, I'm telling you, my daughter, oh my gosh, like, you know, she works for the church. Actually, she just started working for the church this year, and it's just been such a blessing because she's been like my permanent chauffeur around to back and forth to chemo every week and everywhere I've needed to go, and um, just been a blessing, you know, that she's been able to help me. But So my name is Shannon Cannon, for those of you who don't know me, and um and so, you know, I got that wonderful name from my husband, of course, but I met him um, actually 26 years ago here at First New Testament Church, and uh, Lee actually married us in this building, the original building, about 25 years ago, and I have a wonderful daughter, Haley's 21, getting ready to be 22, and my son's 23, his name's Brady, and I'm just so blessed. I'm just so thankful for this church. I'm thankful for Lee and Carla, just the, what they've been to our lives, gosh, over the years, I just, I'll cry looking at her, you know, just, um, and Everybody, y'all, all y'all here, y'all are my family, you know, I love you so much, and just this year especially, you know, when you're going through a difficulty, you know, the people that help you and support you and pray for you, it's just overwhelming, it really is, but I love y'all, I'm thankful to be here, and um, when Carla asked me about teaching a couple months ago, you know, after the initial panic, you know, she's talking, I'm like, there's like, I don't know if I could do it, like, chemo brain is a real thing, like, you can't be, and so, like, I don't know if I can even get my thoughts together to you know, to talk, you know, but um, after all that went through, you know, I knew it was going to be the Lord's will, and I'll talk about some of that today, you know, and um, and I get nervous, and I talk too fast, and so we'll probably be done really quick, no, it's not wrong. but um, I timed myself, it was like 35 minutes, so we'll probably be done before then, but no, but um, I, I just know, you know, it's going to be the Lord, and, and I pray that he would be glorified, and just when Angie was saying, it was so beautiful, you know, and I look, you know, you have looked at other people and the trials that they go through here in the church, you know, but Angie's one of those people that I looked at, you know, and I've gained support and strength from it. And that's what the body of Christ really is about. You know, it's not just you coming together and hearing preaching and teaching, but it's relationships and it's people that's helping you through your struggles and helping you in your joys, you know. But um, so as I teach, talk today, you know, I'm going to share some of my testimony of just what the Lord's really taught me so much over the last year and what he's brought me through. But I just pray that and, you know, some small way that you really see that the Lord always has a greater purpose than what we see, you know, what we're going through. And, um, you know, he just always has a greater purpose. And so I do have my nose because I will, I want to stay on track, but hopefully I can just kind of talk comfortably, you know. But, um, and he does really work all things together for our good to those that love him, you know, if you're his child. He really, no matter what it is, he really is working it together for your good in some way or another. Um, so I'll just kind of start with my testimony. So the end of February, I woke up in the middle of the night with breast pain, and I felt a lump, you know, just randomly in the middle of the night, and um, went to the doctor that week and had all the scans and biopsies and all that, and found out that I had an aggressive form of breast cancer called triple negative. And I work in healthcare, and I had no clue about any of this stuff. And as the doctor's talking, I'm thinking, okay, three negatives, that sounds like a good thing, you know, but it's not a good thing because they don't really know what drives it. You know, it's not like hormone-driven or anything. So they don't really know how to treat it, so they just throw everything at it, you know, and hope that it doesn't come back or anything. So, um, so it was it was overwhelming, you know, just a shock, the, to say the least, you know. And um, so I was in and out of the doctor's offices like over that next week. But I, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was almost a week to the day um, from from whenever I found the lump, and um, the Lord was just like waking me up. I heard Him speak and saying, "I am with you. I am with you. I am with you." Just over and over. It was like He was waking me up with those words. And I just heard him speaking so clearly, and I'm just going to read it so I don't miss anything. But um, he said, I felt him speaking similar to Peter, that, that Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. But I am praying for you that your faith will not fail. And when you are restored, strengthen your brethren. And he kept repeating, I'm so much greater. There's no comparison to my greatness. And that he sits in the heavens and laughs at the schemes of the enemy. And he reminded me that what the devil intended for evil, that he would use for my good and ultimately for his glory. And he showed me how he was going to teach me to endure hardships and suffering and to be an overcomer. That way I could help others overcome in the future. And I just fell back to sleep and just like this peace that I can't describe, you know, and just like this love. And, and I know it was the Lord. It was just like so clear. I just know it was him. And I can't say that I hear the Lord like that all the time, you know. Um, but just going through this this last year, I'll share some things that he's, he's just spoken so clearly that I just know it's him, you know. There's just like no denying it. And I, um, I heard Elizabeth Elliot not too long ago. She had quoted C.S. Lewis. 
And he said, God whispers to us in our conscience. He speaks to us in our joys and shouts to us in our pain. And I think he's really right about that, you know. And it wasn't like he was shouting to me in the middle of the night. But it was like you just can hear him and you just know that it's him. And he's just, like Angie was saying, you know, there's just a nearness that that you don't experience maybe in your normal, you know, your everyday life. I just can't explain it. But um, I didn't really know what he meant by restore, restored because like with Peter, you know, he says when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. And so I looked that up in like my Bible search, you know, on the computer. And, um, and I was so excited when I saw it used in a passage in Job 42.10. And I'm probably going to read a lot of scripture, so you don't have to turn to it because, you know, I'm just going to go through it. But um, Job 42.10 says, And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And, you know, I was so excited to see that because, you know, the Lord was showing me that it wasn't just going to be about me this whole thing, that it was going to be for the sake of the body of Christ and it was going to be, a, you know, just for other people. That's why I knew when Carla asked me that, I mean, how do I say no? And I knew it was going to be something that the Lord did. And um, and Job had been faithful during all of his trials and everything, you know, that he had went through and that was difficult. But, you know, it wasn't to the very end that, you know, when he prayed for his friends, that's when God restored those people that were like telling him you're in sin and, you know, and, and bad mouthing him. That's when the Lord restored everything to him, you know. And that's how God works. It's never just about us. You know, it's always what we're giving out from for what he gives us. You know, it's always just to be given out. And um, and I was also excited when I actually looked up the definition of restored. It was to return to a former condition, you know. And I was just encouraged because I feel like the Lord's going to heal me. I feel like he had a purpose in bringing me through everything we've been through this year. But I feel like he's going to restore my body, you know, my physical body and bring me back to probably better than I was before, hopefully, you know. But, um, so anyway, you know, just gave me a peace knowing that there was a purpose in it. Sometimes when we're going through difficulties and we don't really know why, you know, sometimes that's hard and we still got to trust the Lord. But when we know that there's a purpose in it, it just gives us like a sense of, okay, you know, I have a, I know what he's doing, you know, and it helps us just to keep on going. So I got busy doing what I do best, y'all, which is like researching cures and natural remedies and all that. Because surely there was like a natural remedy for chemo, I mean for cancer, and I wasn't gonna have to do chemo and all that, yeah. And um, and it was like I don't know, like six weeks later, I still hadn't done started chemo, and the doctors were fussing and all, you know. But I just I didn't want to do it. I didn't. I was like, I'm perfectly healthy. Why do I need to put these poisons in my body, you know? And um, but ultimately, you know, I thought I was just trying to. I really was trying to make sure I was making the right decision and doing the right thing. But ultimately, I really was just trying to find any other way than the way of suffering to be honest and um a couple weeks later I still hadn't started and there was just a day that I was just so weary and weak in my mind and just physically weak and I hadn't even done God started anything yet and I was just I was frustrated with the thought of having cancer I was frustrated with the thought of having to do chemo because it just wouldn't really seem like there was going to be any other options you know and I was just weary in my mind and just frustrated really not knowing what to do and um, everybody had gone to sleep, and I went in the dark and sat and just poured my heart out to the Lord. And I was just so broken and just crying and saying, Lord, you know, I just don't know what to do. And what do I do, you know? And then this is another time that I just heard him so clearly. And he said, he said, what would you have me to do? Do you want me to heal you? And I just heard him so clearly. And I wanted to say, yes, Lord, just make it all go away. I want you to heal me. But I couldn't bring myself to say the words. And I know it was just really the Holy Spirit in me because I just I just laid there on the ground. I was just crying and just so broken. But I, he already shown me that he was going to have a purpose in it. And I knew it. And he was just being so sweet and so gentle. But I just knew that wasn't what, what the purpose was, you know. And I had a terrible headache. And I did ask him because I just knew, like, this is where my prayers are going to start being answered. And I, I was like, Lord, I said, can you just make my headache go? because I'd been crying and distressed and all and it went away immediately y'all like I, like it went away immediately and I was, uh, was shocked actually I mean I know we were shocked when we asked him to do something but and he doesn't but um but it went away immediately and I asked him just I just encouraged my heart because I really felt so despondent and um he did he he actually reminded me of something that I had written for our church blog just a couple years before and it was um it was from a passage in um I forget Jeremiah I think 12 5 where it says um if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you compete with the horses? And it was just about like the, in my blog that there was just greater challenges ahead and just to, you know, trust in the Lord and keep in faith and not to grow weary in it. And, um, and I was encouraged because, you know, I didn't know two years before that as I was writing that, that I was going to need that, you know, for myself and my struggles. And um, I was just encouraged. And, and I just got up from that floor that night, you know, just knowing that you're with me, God, you know, no matter what's going to happen tomorrow, that you're with me and you're going to help me, you know, and it just gave me the grace that I needed to keep going on. 
And I got to keep drinking sometimes, y'all, because my throat, I have problems. But hold on, I'll tell you. Okay, so I finally agreed to do chemo, you know. And we got scheduled and all. And I was prepared as I could be to breeze through chemo because, you know, I did my research. And I had all these helpful tips. And so now I just knew, like, this is my purpose for the Lord. Like, I'm going to probably write a book about how to help people get through chemo without any problems. Like, literally, I really felt like that was my new purpose from the Lord. Truly, I'm serious, y'all. I even put stuff on Facebook. Like, I, I was fast. I was doing all kinds of stuff, and which is good. But I, I know that wasn't what the Lord's purpose was, ultimately. And um, and so, but I, I got that part wrong. <laughs> what the Lord's purpose was, and I think I've had every problem, like, that the textbook says that you have from chemo, I've had it all, and I've been so sick, and I've been so weak, and I've been hospitalized twice, I was just in the hospital last week, actually, I've had these throat sores and throat problems, like, the whole time, I have not been able to eat, I've lost, like, almost 50 pounds, y'all, the last few months, it's just been bad, (laughs) it's been rough, you know, and, um, but even before this, after my very first chemo, I was uh, sitting in the bathroom waiting for my bath water to run, and I was so sick, and I was just felt so bad, and I was just sobbing, just waiting for my water to run, and I just asked the Lord, I'm like, ask me again, Lord, ask me again, ask me again, I kept asking him over and over, you know, that he would ask me what he did before, do you want me to heal you, because I would have said yes, I would have said, Lord, make it all go away, you know, take it all away, because I just didn't think that I could do it, you know, I'd been through one, I had 15 more, I was like, I just didn't think I could do it, and, um, and he, you know, this is what he said, y'all, and just in that same gentle voice he said if there is no suffering what will you learn to endure and if there is nothing to overcome how can I teach you to be an overcomer and if you breeze through everything with your preparations you have credited your diligence and knowledge as the reasons why and I knew as he's speaking to me that he was right you know and I know I can't tell you that I felt better immediately but it was like I knew that he knew you know and he spoke and it was clear and so I knew that no matter what he was going to help me with the next thing you know and then and I really did feel better as far as like you know just encouraged and had the grace that I needed he gave me the grace that I needed and I knew that he had a purpose and it wasn't to breeze through chemo with all my helpful tips but it was you know to to make me give me endurance you know and I even heard somebody say a preacher saying you know the only way to learn endurance is to endure you know and so I'm like well that's not helpful you know but uh, but it's true you know like learning how to swim you know the only way to learn it is to actually do it you know and so the Lord's been teaching me that really by his grace you know and um so I wanted to read, um, I would just shortly after this, I just turned kind of randomly, but I just know it was the Lord in my Bible to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 10. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you impatiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And I was just so encouraged by that because, again, he was just, like, reaffirming what it was. You know, the reason I'm going through this affliction is not just for me. I mean, he's teaching me so much and been so close to me. But it's so that the comfort that I'm receiving, I can comfort you. And hopefully, even though we're crying, you know, that I can comfort you, you know, in some way through what I've been through. And that's God's purpose, ultimately, you know. And, um, and so... You know, he's got a greater purpose, and that's just something I really want y'all to see, that he's got a greater purpose than what we're going through, than what we see, you know, with our physical eyes. And um, on him we have set our hope, and I'm going to keep talking about that. And we have to do that. We have to keep our eyes on, I mean, no matter what, how else do we make it through anything? Oh, my gosh, you know, we have to set our hope on the Lord. And uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, We rejoice in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so I looked up those definitions, and 
I've shared some of this on like our ladies chat sometimes, so forgive me if it's you know repetitive. But I looked up those definitions, and tribulations is oppressing, pressing together, pressure, oppression, affliction, distress, trials. And I'm sure every single person in here can say, I'm going through some form of that to some degree or another, you know, in some way or another. It might be look different, it might not be sickness, but it could be family troubles or whatever. But we all have some form of tribulation, you know, in our lives. Patience is steadfastness, constancy, endurance. And sometimes that Greek root for patience, steadfastness, endurance is the same. So sometimes you'll see that being uh, used. And experience is a proving, tried character, specimen of tried worth and trustiness. And hope, which I love, y'all, this definition, is joyful and confident expectation of good. And I love that. And so we can summarize, like I just kind of use those definitions to re-summarize that scripture. We rejoice in the afflictions and the trials, knowing that they are producing a steadfastness and an endurance in us, helping us not to lose faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. These trials are proving our character. They're refining us. They're making us specimens of tried worth, ultimately causing us to have a joyful and confident expectation of good from our great God. And we will not be ashamed by this hope because the love of God is just is being poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and just remember that, and we'll come back to that in a minute, but I just want to transition just a bit and read a parable that y'all all know from Matthew 13. And it's uh, that little card on your table has that scripture written on there that Sylvia did. Thank you, Sylvia. Everything's so beautiful. Um, Matthew thirteen forty four to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like tre- treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, a great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And I've heard it both ways, like Jesus is the merchant and we are the pearl. And I've also heard that, you know, we are the merchant and Jesus is the pearl. But I tend to believe the first way that God and his great love for us, you know, he gave all that he had to have us. And when he looks at us, he sees us as this precious, you know, jewel, this precious and valuable jewel. And, um, and I know we can't really comprehend that, that when God looks at us, that he sees us like that, but it's true. And whenever we're his, he doesn't look at us and see this sinful flesh. He sees Jesus, you know, and he sees what we're going to be. And in his eyes, we really are that precious pearl, that precious jewel, you know, and just to believe that. And I'm going to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So like in the parable, you know, for the joy that was set before him, you know, Jesus was about to be crucified. He was about to have the wrath of God placed upon him for our sin. And yet it says for the joy. And it's because he was looking at something that we couldn't see, you know, and um, he knew what was ahead. You know, Jesus could see what we couldn't see. And in the same way, people probably thought that merchant was crazy to spend so much pay, give all that he had for that piece of land. But they didn't see that treasure that was hidden there. You know, only he could see that. And so that's what I just want y'all to really see is that, you know, there's something greater that God is working for and wanting in our lives or, or some greater purpose that he has than just our affliction and our troubles and our struggles that we have. And, and, um, and so you might notice the pearls on the table again that Sylvia did. And that's y'all's little gift, the little oyster shell and the pearls. So make sure y'all take one of those home in the card. And, um, and they're there for a reason because I was just, when I started to think about what I was going to talk about and thinking about the pearl of great value, you know, I did some research on how pearls are made. And y'all, it's just fascinating if you've never um, heard this before but uh, and you wonder why God chose to use a pearl as that precious jewel in that that thing well you know I didn't know this before but pearls are the only gemstone or, or gem you know that come from a living creature I never thought about that so all other you know gems come from like the rock and the earth but a pearl is the only thing that comes from a living creature and not only that but no two pearls are alike they have their own, they're all individual like each like their own fingerprint based on their bumps and blemishes and all that and I just thought that was so beautiful you know God is so purposeful and everything that he does you know and um and they're formed within an oyster shell when a tiny piece of sand gets in 
inside of the shell and begins to cause irritation. And a shiny substance called nacre, and I looked that up just to make sure I said that right. Nacre is secreted around the sand in order to protect the soft internal structure of the surface of the creature and to reduce the irritation. And as that grain of sand is coated over and over with that nacre over a period of time, and that's how the pearl is formed. I just thought that was so beautiful because in the same way, you know, we have problems that come into our lives, and in the same way that nacre is secreted around the sand to reduce the irritation. I just thought, you know, we have the grace of God and we have the comfort of God that as those irritants come into our own lives and those struggles, his grace just keeps coating those struggles and those irritants over and over again, you know, over problem after problem and struggle after struggle. And, you know, every time that grace just keeps coating our lives and we don't always see what's being formed. You know, most of the time we just feel the irritant. Like I was praying, Lord, just take it away, take it away, you know, but we have to see the unseen that there's something that he's forming. There's something that he wants from our lives as we go through this difficulty and his grace is being applied over and over and that pearl is being formed, you know, inside of our lives. And, um, and you know, we really have to see the unseen, that grace being applied, know that he has a greater purpose in mind than what we're just seeing or what we're just feeling. And sometimes, you know, we just want it to go away, you know, and, um, and just to, to know that, that he does want to reduce the irritation. He does want to help us, and that's why his grace is applied. But he doesn't always take it away, you know. And um, he's forming something precious beneath the surface that we can't see right now. And I wanted to read um, 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so our, t- our troubles and our struggles are temporary, y'all. But that pearl is eternal, you know. And um, that pearl is that eternal weight of glory that we'll be able to offer back to him when we stand before him. And everything he does is for our good, but ultimately it's going to be for his glory. That's what he's really working for in our lives. And it's never about ourselves. It's not. It's never just about us. If he's given us a gift, it's always to be offered back to him in some kind of way, you know, and he gives us, but he does it all really. He gives us his grace. He forms the beautiful pearl in our lives and then he receives it as worship when we lay it at his feet, you know, and um, I have a, a beautiful example of this. And I'm probably going to cry, but um, early on, like after my first chemo, it actually just worked out perfectly. And somebody paid for me to go to Christie's retreat in St. Francisville. And if y'all don't know about that, y'all got to ask one of us because it really is amazing. And it really, like, I had no expectations, but because I was, you know, it just was amazing. And um, and then my hair was starting to fall out. So I knew that I was going to have to shave it soon, you know, before my second chemo. And um, and she was going to have a hairdresser friend there doing pedicures and all. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just let her do it while I'm there. And I'll have a few friends there and it'll be less emotional and that wasn't happening <laughs> that didn't happen but um you know I just figured it would just I don't know I didn't have any expectations but it was so when it what happened is they had everybody was there and um they had like a chair in the middle of the room and Hannah Middleton was playing a song on the piano and as soon as and they had me sitting there and as soon as um she started playing that song. I just started to cry because it was, um, I will, I'll read a couple of the words. It's a song that I listen to and I'm just trying to enter into prayer and worship. You know, it's, I will make room for you. I think I've ever heard that before, but, um, some of the words are here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown, this is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, you know. And I was just telling the ladies that I never really felt like I had anything to offer to the Lord, you know. Like, I've never, like, been a great soul winner or anything, you know. I'm thinking when I stand before him, you know, I've never really been through anything super difficult or lost anybody close to me. Not that you have to go through things like that. But, you know, I just, I just, I just never felt like I was going to have something to offer to him when I stand before him. And, um. You know, but as I was just sitting there and I had my head bowed and she started to shave my head and that song was playing, you know, it was like, you know, my hair was falling to the ground. It was like my actual crown of my head, you know, was being laid at his feet. And as I was just sitting there, I just heard him speaking to me that, you know, I'm giving you a gift. And and I I just, I'll I'll be able to lay at his feet and I never would have dreamed that having cancer or the struggle, you know, that I'm having is going to be something, a gift, something that I can lay at his feet one day, you know. But it it was just very early on through all of this that he was just showing me that even in the midst of this, that it was something that he was doing and that he was going to form this in my life. I was going to be able to give it back to him as worship, you know. And, um, 
I didn't even know it might have been something the devil has brought on as a thorn in my flesh that it would actually become a gift from him. And it was beautiful, you know, like, I mean, ask anybody that was there. It was like the presence of God was there. It was so special, and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. I couldn't have even planned it that way. It was just so beautiful, you know, and I'm so thankful for that time. But it was just another just encouragement from the Lord, even though it was difficult, you know, you're shaving your head. But it was like, I, it was just, it was so special. I just can't even tell you. And, um... But don't you see that, you know, we have to see the unseen. If we're just looking at our circumstances and situation, and I'm shaving my head and I'm bald, you know, oh my gosh, you know, it's terrible, you know, if we just look at that. But if we can see the unseen, you know, I never would have dreamed that. Like little in my crown of my head, the Lord was just showing me, you know, you're laying this crown at my feet, you know, and your life is going to be laid down at my feet, you know. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was just a gift from him. And um, I just wanted to read Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith he left Egypt, it's talking about Moses, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen or invisible. And that's how Moses endured. You know, he was able to see something that was unseen, that, that we couldn't see. And that's how we're going to endure anything in this life. Oh, my gosh, is just to be able to see through spiritual eyes, you know. And, um, and it's only by the Holy Spirit, y'all. Like, we can't do this in ourselves. We cannot do this in ourselves, you know. And um, in order for us to endure, we have to keep our eyes on the unseen world, not on what our eyes see. Because if we're distracted by the circumstances and the situation, like Angie, how is she being and doing? I'm telling you, there's like peace when you look at her and talk to her. There's peace. I mean, like, there's no other word for it, you know. We have to be able to see um, and see the unseen. Because if I take my eyes, if I put it on my circumstances or if I start reading, you know, people's stories of metastasis or read statistics or start thinking about the what ifs, your faith wavers, you know. You can't keep faith. It's hard to keep faith if we are looking at the physical and physical things, you know. And um, and when we do do that, because it is, you know, normal for our flesh to do that, we have to just take those thoughts captive, you know, thinking about that scripture, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We have to stay on his word, y'all. That's why I have so much scripture, because I literally just stand in on his word. You believe it. You don't waver in that at all. You know, you stand on it, whether you feel in anything physical or not, you're just standing on his word, you're trusting God, you're trusting in his goodness, you're hoping in God, like we read a minute ago, that joyful, confident expectation of good, that has been like, I'm hoping in God, I'm, I'm going to be joyful, I'm going to have that confident expectation of good from our great God, because he is good, you know, and just believe in that, and um, and it does strengthen your hope, and it does encourage you, the scriptures, and I wanted to read Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And that's what I mean by just standing on the scripture. I'm not telling you there's scriptures for everything. And you might think you know them and then you read them like she said before. You're like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. You know, I never saw that before. But he's the God of hope, y'all. He fills us with all joy and peace and believing. And by the power of the Holy Spirit is the only way that we can and that we may abound in hope. And, you know, it's not just that we'll have hope, but we'll abound in it so that we don't just have hope for us, but we have hope for other people, you know. And that's ultimately God's purpose is always just about what we're giving out, you know, from our lives. And um, and so back to the pearl. So I just thought this was interesting. The most expensive pearl or va- the most valued pearl is $100 million. Isn't that amazing? And it weighs 75 pounds. Like, I can't even comprehend that, you know. And um, so it's amazing. I saw a picture of it. It was weird looking, but it was amazing, <laughs> you know, $100 million. And so, and I also... <laughs> I also learned that the um, my, these are not real, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have these pearly. I was like, I have to wear these pearls today, but they're not real. But anyway, I also learned about the nacre thickness refers to the amount of nacre that surrounds the center of the pearl. And pearls that have a greater nacre thickness are considered more valuable than pearls that have a lower nacre thickness. That makes sense. And one reason for this is because the nacre thickness indicates how long it took to produce the pearl since each layer is added. And the older the pearl, the greater the nacre thickness and the greater the value. So pearls that have a brilliant luster tend to be the result of greater nacre thickness as well since the nacre is what causes the luster. And they also tend to be heavier since the nacre adds weight to the pearl. And so you remember I just thought of 
that like the NACRA is the grace of God. And I just thought that was just, the, you know, beautiful. Like the more grace of God is applied to our lives like over and over again, over and over again, you know, then the, really the more precious we should be in his sight and the more brilliant we really should shine, you know. And, um, and you know, that grace is given to us every day if we ask him for it, you know. And, um, and I couldn't help but think about my friends that, you know, I thought about Robin and Hannah and Milton and James and Jennifer and Julia, so many people that have been going through, like, chronic illnesses for so long, you know, and you just, like, I know my suffering's coming to an end, you know, but sometimes they don't know when that end is going to be, you know, unless the Lord just does a miracle in their lives, but, you know, I just thought, like, how beautiful God, when they stand before the Lord and they see those many layers of God's grace that has been, they're kind of this huge pearl, you know, when they stand before the Lord, you know, and it's just it's just going to be amazing. And whenever they're able to lay that at his feet and they're going to say it was worth it all, you know, truly when they stand before the Lord and they're able to offer that to him. And I know like we're in the midst of a trial, especially if it's a long thing, you know, that it's hard to really see that in the midst of it. But just to ask the Lord just for spiritual eyes, if you're going through something like that, maybe some of y'all have, you know, things you're dealing with year after year, you know, and you must grow so weary, but just to have, ask the Lord to help you see in the spiritual, how he must really see it. Pray for that grace of God just to be applied to your life over and over so that that pearl just gets bigger and bigger you know and um and when I thought about that I thought about the 12 gates of pearl in heaven how each says each each gate has one single huge pearl you know and it's fascinating you know that we the people of God are represented in the gates of heaven I mean it's it's unbelievable it's hard for us to comprehend that and we're the bride of Christ we're eternally pointing to and displaying the glory of God not just in this life but in for all of eternity you know and um I just wanted to read that scripture where that says that in Revelation is Revelation chapter 21 verses 9 through 11 and 21 it says come I will show you the bride the wife of the lamb and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God having the glory of God its radiance like a most rare jewel like a jasper clear as crystal and the twelve gates were twelve pearls each of the gates made of a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass and it's just so beautiful to see that and to, to think that and we have to have eyes to see that unseen world you know that just not what we see here in this physical and not to lose heart and not to lose faith and hope in God, which is that joyful and confident expectation of good. And that's the only way we can do what James tells us to do in James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and that's the same word as endurance, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And you know, as I read that, it says to let it have its full effect. So I think there's a way that we cannot let it have its full effect in our lives. You know, if we really don't have faith and we doubt the Lord and we question, and it's natural in our flesh to do that, but we let that steadfastness have its work, you know, something that's not easy. And you know, I I know it's easier said than done, all of this to count it all joy, you know, when you're in the midst of the trial. And um, just a few weeks ago, you know, it was in the middle of the night, and I was just miserable, and I was crying in the middle of the night, and I knew what I was going to be talking about, and I just hadn't been able to eat, and I just wanted to eat, <laughs> and I just was crying. I was like, Lord, I was like, I'm teaching about counting it all joy. I'm like, how do I count it all joy? You know, I was just crying, and you know, I didn't hear anything amazing like uh, he had been speaking to me, but I was able to, he recalled all of these scriptures that I've been writing down and reading, and I was able in that moment just to stand on his word, you know, knowing that he's making me perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, that he's forming a pearl in my life, that his grace is being applied. That's the only way I could do it, you know, because I didn't have a miraculous healing or able to eat that night or whatever it was. But, you know, sometimes we just stand on his word and we believe him and we trust him and we don't lose faith and we pray for his grace, y'all. And his grace is sufficient. I'm telling you, his grace is sufficient. And I wanted to read that scripture. Uh, um, it's it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Sorry, y'all, I can't see through my tears. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I mean, how do we say that? You know, how do we say that unless you experience it? And when you're going through these trials, he is near to you. He is near to you. If you ask him to be near to you, he will be near to you. And he will help you, and his grace is sufficient. And remember, that grace is what's making that pearl bigger, y'all. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to have big old pearl and I'll be out of that. And um, 
I also wanted to read um, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. In this you rejoice. So just notice, you know, like I'm, I most gladly glory in my infirmities. I'm rejoicing. We're counting all joy and trials. It's just hard to even, you know, be able to do this without the Holy Spirit. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire. This is how God sees it, y'all. May be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's ultimately what we want, really, as Christians, is just to bring glory to God. You know, not just in this life, but when we stand before him, you know, we really do. And, um, and also, I'm just going to reread uh, what I just did a minute ago about with Romans, how we rejoice in our sufferings, that suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to emphasize that about God's love because I think that's ult- his ultimate purpose, you know, as we go in through trials and anything in life is that we would know his love truly. And, um, and I've just had like a just scratch the surface of that, but um, during those three months of the hard chemo, you know, for those first few days when you get home, it's like, I just, I couldn't keep a thought in my brain, like literally you just, I, I just would sit and listen to worship music and look out the window, like I couldn't read or couldn't do anything, like my brain just was like mush, you know, and, um, but I would just sit and listen to worship music, and there was a song that I had never heard before that I, I heard um, during that time, and it was called Love Note, and it was just about God singing, it's like God singing a love song to you, and I would listen to it over and over and again, and it was like he was just singing it over my life, and it was just like he was loving me so sweetly, and I would just listen to it for hours, and the presence of God was just so real, it was just so special, you know, it was a special time, and there would be times even that I almost looked forward to that next chemo, you know, even though I knew it would be so hard, because I knew that his presence would be so real with me. And he would be so close, you know. And it was just really special. Or even now, like, I just feel like I was scratching the surface, you know, that I just touched one layer of his love, you know. And I'm so afraid even now to lose it. I don't want to lose that, you know, because we, we start to feel better, you know. We go back to our lives and our busyness, and, you know, we don't need him and depend on him as much as we do when we're really in a difficult situation, you know. And I just pray, and I, I know he's going to help me. He's already brought me through this much. He's not going to let me lose everything that I, he's done in my life, you know. But it's like I don't want to lose that, you know. And um, But ultimately, I think that's what he's aiming for in our lives, you know, that whatever it is that we're going through, he wants us to know that love. And he showed me these scriptures, Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And we don't think of God like that, do we? You know, that he's really, he's rejoicing over us with gladness. He's quieting us by his love. And that's what he did after that chemo. It's just what he did. He exalts over you with loud singing. And um, also Psalms 139, 17 through 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. And we know that, you know, his thoughts are more than the sand of the sea. Like, we, unless you really meditate upon that, we don't think that, you know. And um, Ephesians 2, 7 and 10, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And I, I just learned this, that that Greek word for workmanship is poema, where we get the root word poem. So we're his poem, y'all. I mean, if we really know him in that love, he, we're his poem. He's creating this beautiful work in our lives. He's like writing a poem of our lives. He's singing loud songs over us. You know, he's thinking about us constantly. And, you know, the devil doesn't want us to think that way. We think when he looks at us, he's frustrated with us, and he's frustrated with our sin, and he's frustrated with our failure, but it's not true. It's really not true. He loves us. And he knows, you know, when he looks at us, he's not looking at our sin. Like I said earlier, he's really, he sees Jesus, and he sees all that Jesus. Jesus has done. Jesus has done everything perfectly for us and what we're going to be, you know, and he just loves us so much. And just a real quick story. When I was in the hospital the first time, um, I, they had me like on a liquid diet. I had all those throat problems, but I felt like I could eat some mashed potatoes and great. You know, I just felt like I could eat some mashed potatoes and um, I wanted to eat some solid food. And that whole day I was trying to get some mashed potatoes and I sent Brian to go downstairs and they never did have any. And I tried to order it, but they had me on a liquid diet. They wouldn't give it to me. And um, so I finally, by that night, I was just resigned. Well, I guess I'm just going to 
drank this broth again tonight, you know. And um, and then Jamie came up to the hospital and she brought me some food. And guess what she had? She had mashed potatoes and gravy. And what had happened is that night was our Wednesday night eating meeting that we used to have once a month. And the ladies usually cook different things. Well, that night they had mashed potatoes and gravy and meatloaf. And I couldn't eat the meatloaf, but um, but I, I was able to eat it. And like, it was so it was like the best thing I ever ate in my life. And it was so good. And I just was like, as I was eating, I was thinking, God did this for me, you know, like he really did this for me. Like the ladies had planned it weeks before, like they had, a, it took them a lot to get all that worked out. But, um, but I really, and I just knew he had did that just for me, you know, and that's how he wants us to think about him. He really does. You know, we are constantly like thinking that he's so disappointed and discouraged with us, but he wants us to think of him, that he loves us so much. And, you know, he's doing all of these things. He's working all these things together for our good. You know, he really wants us to think of him in that way. And, um, just ask him to help you to be able to view him and, you know, how he really sees us, you know? And, um, so let me see, I keep track of my notes. And, um, so let me read 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency, and that means contentment, in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So no matter the circumstances, just to really believe that, you know, um, he can make all grace abound to you. And just set our hope on God, having that joyful and confident expectation of good from him, that, that we can abound in grace. And so what happens when we have more grace applied to our lives? Then our pearl gets bigger right you know just remember that and you're going to take that little pearl home and just think about that pray for grace ask him to help you because his grace really is sufficient and i just want to wrap up with a couple things uh, the first is just a couple of scriptures that every i don't teach that often but every time i do like i always share these scriptures because if you're like me i like somebody to tell me okay show me how to do that you know let me apply this to my life in some kind of way you know and um but it's philippians 2 13 it's my favorite scripture, for it's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so if there's a desire in you, whether it's to maybe be free of sin, maybe it's to have grace, you know, that God would let you have this grace working in your life, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter, whatever the struggle, if there's a desire in you, then it's God that put that desire to both to will and to do. So if that desire is in you, he will accomplish it in your life. It's not something we can just apply you know but we're just trusting in his grace and then philippians 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ so however long it takes till he comes he's he's begun something in your life he will perform it whatever it is you know it doesn't matter what your struggle is or the situation he will perform it and Colossians 1.29, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. So we do struggle in that, you know, to keep the faith and to look at the unseen and to hope, you know, keep our hope in God. We are doing all of this by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's by his power that he's working in us, right? And so it's nothing in us. Like, we can't do this, you know. It's by his power. It's by his Holy Spirit. We're just walking it out, you know, as he's, we're working it out as he's working it in us, right? And it's all a work of God, and it's all by God's grace. And I just want to finish with um, I, this. It's like a short portion. This man called Ugo Bassi, and it was he's from the 1800s in Rome. And um, it was said that he would take turns preaching in these military hospitals on Sundays. And um, and so the language is such like people like me have to read it slowly and read it a few times for it to sink in. But it was just when I, I just stumbled upon it. I know it was just the Lord, but it's just beautiful. And um, you know, just goes with what we was teaching it. Day, but so just listen closely. Um, measure thy life by loss instead of gain, not by the wine drunk, but the wine poured forth. For love's strength standeth in love's sacrifice, and whoso suffers most hath most to give. But if impatient thou let slip thy cross, thou wilt not find it in this world again, nor in another. For here and here alone is given thee to suffer for God's sake. In other worlds, we shall more perfectly serve him and love him, praise him, work for him, grow near and nearer him with all delight. But then we shall not any more be called to suffer, which is our appointment here. Canst thou not suffer then one hour or two, if he should call thee from thy cross today, saying, It is finished, that hard cross of thine, from which thou prayest for deliverance. Thinkest thou not some passion of regret would overcome thee? Thou would say so soon, let me go back and suffer yet a while more patiently. I have not yet praised God. And he might answer to thee, nevermore, all pain is done with. Whensoever it comes, that summons that we look for, it will seem soon, yea, too soon. Let us take heed in time that God may now be glorified in us 
And while we suffer, let us set our souls to suffer perfectly, since this alone, the suffering which is this world's special grace, may here be perfected and left behind. Isn't that beautiful, y'all? And, you know, I know we don't think that, and you know, in that way, but we only have this life to live for him and this life to die for him if need be, this life to suffer for him, to experience difficulty and loss, hardship and pain, but while holding on to joy, trusting in his unfailing love and goodness, proving his faithfulness, hoping in God, knowing his strength and our weakness, his nearness to the brokenhearted. Because once we're in heaven with him, y'all, there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more pain. Praise God. And we're all ready for that, you know. But it's only in this life that our lives can be formed into pearls of glory that we'll be able to lay at his feet one day. And, And so I know we've shed a lot of tears. And I don't know if this is necessarily encouraging, but I just do pray that it would just encourage your heart that no matter what we're going to face tomorrow, you know, that God has a greater purpose in it, you know, and he's working something in us that that it's ultimately going to be for our good. Because when we stand before him and we're able to lay these things at his feet, you know, um, we're going to receive rewards. We're going to be, you know, laying it all at his feet. It's going to be for his glory, but, you know, it's going to be for our good as well. And um, so I just, I love y'all. And maybe we could just take a minute and just pray with maybe one another at our tables. You know, I know everybody has something that you're dealing with and struggling with and, um, and could use prayer for, but maybe we can take a minute and just do that. And I just thank y'all for the time and thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. Shannon, thank you, Angie. And we can take those few minutes just with those at your table. If there's a need that you'd have the ladies uh, join you in prayer for. And, and then maybe after you've prayed, if you're near Angie and near Shannon, you could just lay hands on them and pray for God to just to heal them. We're always praying for healing and thankful for what God's done. But I, I just appreciate so much not only thinking about trials and, and the sufferings, but how real God is, how real His power is, how real His grace is. How real victory is that we can walk and enjoy and victory. Y'all show that to us and, and just thank y'all so much. Just take a few minutes at your tables. If, if there's, just mention to the ladies around you if there's something that, that you have a need to pray for today.